Welcome to Awaken and Rise, the podcast. I'm Ashley, a spiritual mindset coach passionate about all things spirituality, manifestation, energetics, mindset, human design, and so much more. My mission is to guide you to know yourself on a deep soul level, help you to energetically upgrade to manifest your deepest desires, to uplevel your mindset, and to expand your spirituality. Join me on this journey to awaken and rise. Hi, and welcome back to Awaken and Rise, the podcast. I'm very excited that you're here today, mostly because it's my birthday episode. Um, so my birthday is on July the 4th. And I thought in light of me having my 28th lap around the sun, I wanted to do some lessons that I've learned this year. So in the year of me being 27, I'm obviously turning 28, but I want to share 10 things that I learned in the year of me being 27. And I feel like as I get older, every single year, it's almost like my growth just gets quicker and quicker. And I learn so many more lessons in a year, if that makes sense. It's like every year that goes on, I'm just shown so many more lessons and catalysts for my growth, obviously, because I'm going like deeper on my own personal development and spiritual journey as well. But yeah, I wrote this list um, a couple weeks ago, actually, and I've added, you know, new things on, taken things off, and I'm really excited to share my personal lessons that I've learned um, in the last year. So starting off with number one, and this one's a bit of a lighthearted one, but it's the fact that I have now learned that the Saturn return is actually real and actually a thing. And it's not that I didn't um, believe this before, you know, I have a big astrology background and I've really explored the concept of Saturn return. I've always heard about it, but I've always obviously been too young to ever experience one. And now I think it was the end of last year, I started feeling a lot of different changes and your Saturn return is basically when you go through kind of like a growing up period. It's anything that is no longer in resonance with you will fall away. Anything that's not on your highest, I guess, path and timeline will fall away. This is a time where it's a pretty long period. I think it's like two or three years of like intense change and you come out the end of it being a complete different person, but in the best way. And you really feel like you step into that like adult sort of energy. And I forget when mine officially started. I think it was like February, March this year. However, I definitely felt it um, begin at the beginning of, I definitely felt it begin at the end of last year. I felt the energy kind of coming through. I had a lot of changes going on. And already, you know, my life has has transformed and changed in so many different ways. And basically every single person that I know that is around my my same age group that are also going through their Saturn return, are also going through crazy, crazy changes. So that's lesson number one, that the Saturn return is indeed real and indeed a thing. And now I feel like I know exactly what people are talking about when they talk about the Saturn return craziness, because I am definitely in it, but it's also really cool at the same time. So that's number one. Kind of going on the same theme of a lot of changes, I experienced a lot of change and I've learned lessons from each of the things that have changed in my life. So lesson number two is to do with relationships and like romantic relationships. And if you didn't already know, at the end of last year, I went through a breakup with somebody that I was with for a period of like eight years. 
And I mean, that's a whole conversation in itself, kind of like the ending of that relationship. And that was probably the biggest, that relationship was probably definitely, I should say, the biggest catalyst to my growth ever. I really learned the majority of my lessons through the lens of that relationship. And don't get me wrong, overall, it was incredible. However, by the end, I really learned the lesson of my own worth and that I was not experiencing the the depth of a relationship that I know that I truly am worthy of. And that's nothing against the person. This is something that we both have spoken about and that's like kind of the reason why it ended. But I really had to learn to let go fully and know that I am worthy of something different and something better and something more aligned with me and the depth that I want to go in a relationship. And you know the the saying like people come into your life for a reason, a season or a lifetime or whatever that saying is, I really truly believe that every single relationship that comes into your life, whether it's romantic or friendship or anything, is there for a purpose and it's there to teach you a lesson in some way. So, you know, the ones that end in breakup and heartbreak like might be, you know, a bit more of a dramatic lesson, but the relationship with, you know, somebody that you work with might be like a really positive lesson of like learning about, you know, teamwork or something like that. And looking back, like we were together for so long and one of the biggest lessons, I think the reasons, the reason why we were in each other's lives on my end was to really learn my worth and learn that even though I guess on paper, 99% of it was aligned with me, it was not a hundred percent. And I needed to learn that I'm actually worthy of that hundred percent. And we had gone through multiple, I guess, yeah, breaks and breakups throughout the eight years. And each time was an opportunity for me to learn that lesson. And it took me, you know, a couple of times to really cement and and anchor into that lesson. And I feel like a hundred percent this time and at the end of last year was when I fully like ticked that lesson off my bucket list kind of thing. So that was a big lesson. I would say like that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned in my 27th year. Finally, we got there, but I'm very grateful um, to have that whole experience nonetheless. The next lesson, which was a big lesson to learn as well, happened basically around the same time as that breakup. I really went through it at the end of last year, if you didn't already know that. (laughs) And I'm also recording this the day before my period. So I'm feeling very super emotional and it's making me really emotional to talk about this one. But the end of last year, my family dog unfortunately passed away and death is something that I haven't like experienced a whole lot in my life. I had, you know, grandparents that passed away when I was young. I don't really remember it too much. And I don't know, something about animals dying just hits different. And death is something that, to be honest, I've always been really scared of, um, especially before my spiritual journey, when I actually, you know, I had the belief before that we just died and that was kind of it. And that really scared me. Um, But now as I believe that that's not true and we, we do go on and our souls, you know, evolve and transcend into something greater and we come back down to earth. I definitely, the fear has definitely passed a lot. And I feel like this was kind of, it obviously didn't happen for this reason, but it felt like it was a really um, big lesson or test to see if I've fully anchored into my spiritual beliefs or not. So yeah, death was something that I have always been so scared of, the thought of like losing somebody close to me or even, yeah, my, my family dog like petrified me. And 
obviously we were faced with that or I was faced with that. And yes, it was, it was sad. Like I'm still upset, you know, six months on or even longer, but I was there when it happened and watching him cross was actually a really beautiful experience. And that's something that I thought I would never be able to say because, you know, I've always had the belief that death was like this sad, tragic thing. And yes, it is, but I I guess I kind of saw the beauty in it. And I think it really helped me in my grieving process as well. So I guess a lesson here is that I really learned to redefine death and redefine what death meant and what death means. And I'm really grateful to have that beautiful lesson um, come into my life as well. The next one is the lesson that I, that I learned. And this was, I mean, they're all big. I keep saying this to every single one, but the lesson here is that I can do hard things. And this sounds so cliche. Like you can do hard things. Like, of course you can. And of course I knew that. And I would literally tell myself that all the time, but I didn't fully believe it because I've never, I guess, had to do hard things. Like, yes, you know, I've gone through breakups and I've gone through loss and like all this stuff. But that wasn't until, yeah, kind of recent. It's, it's, I'm really grateful to say that I've had a pretty good life overall. I, yes, I'm faced with challenges like every single person is, but this was the year for me to really build my emotional and physical resilience and anchor into the fact that I actually can do hard things. And I guess I've always grown up with the belief that why would you get uncomfortable? Like I love being comfortable. I love staying in my comfort zone and in my little bubble. Um, Why would I do things that are outside of my comfort zone that will make me uncomfortable if I didn't have to? Like what's the point of like putting myself in that kind of thing? And that was a really big, I guess, mental pattern for me to overcome. And now I fully, fully understand I guess all those like, you know, those like masculine, like you can do hard things, like build mental resilience, like those, um, like guys on Instagram with the videos and I don't know what I'm talking about. I used to always roll my eye, roll my eyes and cringe at that and be like, that's just so like the opposite of my, my truth. But this year I really learned to lean into discomfort and the fact that I can get through anything. I can, I can do hard things. And the biggest, um, way that I learned this was through doing ice baths, honestly. And I've spoken about this like quite a few times before, um, especially on like the really initial episodes of the podcast, but I went through a phase where I was doing ice baths every single week. And again, I had this like mental pattern that would just play over and over and over again for literally years of like, no, I would never be able to do an ice bath. Why would I put myself in an uncomfortable position? I hate the cold. Like I'll freeze, I'll die. Like I just had all of this mental chatter and excuses and, and I'm seeing five, five, five as I'm saying this, but basically I never wanted to do this. And I wouldn't understand why people would put themselves in a freezing cold bucket of ice. Like what is the point? And yes, I knew there was health benefits and like mental health benefits and stuff like that, but it just wasn't enough to sway me until I actually did it. And it was nowhere near as hard as I thought. And that I actually was so Zen the entire time. I didn't freak out. I can do hard things. And I could have even gone for longer than what I was allowed to do. And the like the accomplishment sort of feeling that I got was incredible of like, I that's a really, really hard thing. That was like one of the, the hardest things that I could imagine myself, you know, putting myself into voluntarily. And I did it and I overcame it and I did it every single week and still do to this day. 
just that mindset shift alone was so worth it for me. Like I really can do hard things. All right. Next lesson is that it is actually safe for me to be seen and to speak my truth. And this is something I've, again, spoken about probably all of these before, to be honest, but this one I've spoken about before, I know for a fact um, that I have always identified with not being a good public speaker. I hate public speaking. You know, I dropped subjects at uni literally because they had to do a speech in them and I didn't want to do the speech. So I dropped out. I would avoid public speaking at all costs. I hated it. And I would freak out. It would make me so anxious knowing that I had to have, I remember in primary school, if I knew that I had a speech coming up or even high school as well, if I knew that I had a speech coming up, say a week out, I would think about it every single day and get so anxious every single day before this speech. I've always been a quiet, um, quiet person. Like growing up, I was a pretty quiet kid. So for me, the thought of starting a podcast and like sharing my voice petrified me. I've wanted to do it for years, but I was like, there's no way that I can talk for half an hour nonstop and for people to listen to me. Like that just feels so exposing and really, really scary. And then I finally, you know, worked up the courage to do it. And starting this podcast, I can tell like I am so much more comfortable speaking now. I'm nowhere near as scared as I used to be. Um, I'm nowhere... I'm nowhere near as scared as I used to be to be seen as well. And it's funny how like my voice has literally changed over time as well. I go into this um, a little bit as well, but it's like the throat chakra. We as women, pretty much every single client that I've ever met, every single person that I've ever met has issues or blocks in their throat chakra because we have been so repressed for so long. Like I'm not going to get into that stuff, but our throat chakras haven't been fully expressed for a very, very long time. And it's so funny to even hear how my my physical voice has changed from the start of the podcast to what it is now. Like I'm so much more confident speaking. Um, I'm way more confident to just like start speaking on the fly and not have stuff prepared. It's really, even if, you know, I've got no um, external benefits, like no one even listens to this podcast, the fact that I'm just talking about my truth and what I want to talk about for you know half an hour an episode or however long it is, is enough in itself. So for me, I just had to take the leap and step into something uncomfortable again, building that resilience and just stepping into discomfort. And from that has skyrocketed my growth and I love it so much. So I now look forward to recording podcast episodes every single week. It's my favorite day of the week. Whereas me a couple of years ago or me five years ago or me even in uni, the thought of having a podcast and, and people hearing me speak, I would have passed out, honestly. So that's definitely a lesson that I've learned um, quite recently, but definitely in my 27th year. All right. Next lesson is that consistency and self-discipline is one of my biggest lessons to learn in this lifetime. And you may relate, you may not, and that's perfectly fine. But for me, I get through periods of being really consistent and, you know, having a lot of self-discipline for periods of time and I'm going really good for a bit and I'm feeling really good. And then all of a sudden something happens and I fall off that bandwagon and I really struggle to stay in consistency and self-discipline. And this is like in all areas of my life. It's like, you know, health and fitness, it's business, it's relationships, it's it's everything. And this is a really big one because it is, I guess, so 
personal and something that I'm the only one that can fix this. But the theme of this just keeps coming up again and again for me. And I'll go through periods, like long periods where I'm like, yes, I've healed this. Like I am so consistent in every aspect of my life. And then, yeah, something will happen and I won't be. So, I mean, to be completely vulnerable and transparent, this is something that I'm working on at the moment and something that was really get presented to me this year. That is one of my biggest lessons to learn in this lifetime. And yeah, I guess it's kind of the relationship to the masculine, right? Because masculine energy is very consistent. It's very disciplined. It, you know, doesn't allow emotions to come in and stop things or change things. It's just solid and it's consistent. And I'm not saying I need to live a hundred percent of my day out like this, but it's really cool to have consistency and discipline as the foundation of my life. So it's like, the masculine energy has got you, you feel safe in that, in that foundation, in that container. And then outside of that, you can do whatever you want and really play into the feminine. So that's, I mean, a whole topic within itself, but I'll leave it at that. So consistency and self-discipline is something that I'm definitely working on currently. And it's one of the biggest lessons for me to learn in this lifetime. The next one's a fun one. And something that I learned this year is that reading fiction books is literally elite. (laughs) I've spoken about this before, but I've gone through my whole life. If you, I'm looking at my bookshelf right now and I would say 90% of them, 95% of them, if not more, are all nonfiction books. Like I am a big book lover. I own basically every personal development book under the sun. You name it, I've probably got it. And I always, I guess, had the belief that if I wasn't learning something from this content or from this book, like what's the point? If I'm going to be reading, I may as well be learning something and expanding my brain and working on myself and going to the depths of my soul and my psyche and all the things. And while I think there's definitely a time and a place for all self-development books and I still love them and read them to this, I literally read one this morning. I've really grown to love fiction books and I kind of, again, kind of see it as like the masculine feminine. It's like the masculine with the, with the nonfiction books. It's like, you're learning things, you're getting an outcome, you're like flexing your brain, like all these things. And then with nonfiction you're not learning anything. You're not being productive. You're just experiencing a story. And I used to always see that as inferior and just a waste of time, to be completely honest. But for me, I have learned so much by allowing myself to start reading fiction books. It's really allowed me to stop and slow down and read for pleasure and for entertainment And to really like stop being so serious and always needing to learn things or be productive and really allow myself to tap into my feminine and, you know, relax and rest and play and do things not for an outcome. And I went through a period probably last year where I was literally reading like two or three books a week. Like I was obsessed. And now I would say maybe like, or in saying that I read one book in one night the other night. (laughs) I stayed up till very late because I just couldn't put it down. But I would say I probably read like one book a week now. And I literally like can't go to sleep without reading fiction now. It really relaxes me, settles me down and kind of brings me into another world. You know, like the fact that watching Netflix or a movie or something really, I guess, is a form of escapism. We're talking about the healthy sort of escapism right now. So the, the it takes you to another world. It kind of distracts you and lets you unwind 
for me, fiction books really do that for me. Um, minus the screen, to be honest, as well. So it's probably better for your health. But yeah, I love reading romance novels. It's really helped me on my heart opening journey just to experience, you know, different relationships and love stories. I love it. So that's one of my lessons is that reading fiction books is literally elite. <laughs> the next lesson is around grounding. So I mean, I've spoken about this again so much. I feel like a broken record, but I went through a period when I was going through so much change. So I had, you know, the death in my family of my dog. I had just gone through a breakup. I had to find a house to move into because I had to move out from living with my partner. I was in a new environment, a different sort of house, and I was feeling really, really ungrounded um, in all aspects of my life. It took me a very long time to feel solid and grounded again which was really interesting. And I remember having this conversation with somebody that I know that travels a lot. And I was asking him, how do you stay grounded when you're literally so nomadic and you're always traveling everywhere? You're not in the same place for a very long time. You know, if I was ungrounded just by moving house, how does he stay grounded moving countries? And the lesson here was to really allow my practices and my routines and my rituals, my internal world to be my source of grounding. So it's about getting grounded in my practices rather than making, you know, my house or my, my external environment the source of my grounding stuff that's outside of myself, because that's all temporary, right? The only thing that is not temporary is what's within yourself, and I mean, to be honest, that's, even that's temporary as well. But for the sake of this lesson, I really learned to get grounded in my everyday, like mundane routine and tasks. That is what is going to ground me in times of feeling ungrounded. So that's a big lesson that I learned is to when, yeah, when feeling ungrounded, really get grounded in my practices. The next one has got to do with the female friendship wound. And I feel like a lot of women can probably relate to this or experience this in their lifetime. And there's part of them that whether it, you know, came from high school or the way that you grew up or, you know, your friendship group growing up or whatever, there's a lack of trust or not being able to feel safe with other women. And I know so many people around me um, experience this and have voiced this to me. So I know that I'm not alone in this. And I mean, going back to on a, on a physiological level or a biological level, back in the, back in the old, old days, we were as women really competing. So, you know, we had to have like the wide hips or the, the best looking like face or like whatever it is, because you wanted the most favorable genes for your children. So we would, we would always be in competition with other women to be picked by the man. And while that's not always the case now, I would say it's probably like rarely the case now, or especially in my world, that has caused a generational female friendship wound. It's like you fully can't trust another woman because you're always in competition with her. And for me, this played out on a very, very subconscious level. Like I wasn't aware of it at all, but it's only now that I have solid female friendships that I actually feel like I can be my complete self around and there's no judgment or competition or like any sort of unsafe feeling at all that I look back and I'm like, whoa, I actually never felt safe in a lot of my female friendships. And that would play out in a, in a 
variety of different ways, whether that was, you know, me cutting off friendships or friend, other friendships ending or sabotaging relationships, or just not really being my true self with other women because I was scared of being rejected. It's interesting looking back to say, to see how much that was the case. But for me in this year, I've really been on the path of healing that. And I probably still have work to do, to be honest, but I feel like I'm definitely on the right path here and yeah, really healing that um, female friendship wound, which is really cool. Okay. I feel like I am almost done. Yeah. I've only got one more to go, which is really cool. So lesson 10, again, big one as they all are. And this has got to do with my relationship with exercise and movement. So in my 27th year, my relationship with exercise and movement really changed. And for the first time, probably in my entire life, I actually enjoy moving my body and I can feel the benefits and I don't feel like it's a chore. I actually really enjoy it. And don't get me wrong. I definitely do have to flex that consistency and self-discipline muscle occasionally. However, for the most part, I feel pretty good. So again, I've definitely spoken about this before, but my relationship with exercise and movement growing up was never really good. I didn't really see the point in exercising. I always naturally, you know, fortunately had a pretty good body, a fast metabolism. And I was always very much like I grew up with like watching The Biggest Loser and stuff which is very much focused on exercising to lose weight. So I was very much conditioned to believe that the only reason you would exercise is if you wanted to lose weight. And I felt like I didn't need to lose weight because I didn't. So I didn't exercise and I didn't really see the benefits of it. And as I grew older, I obviously learned that it's not just for losing weight. It's actually for overall health. But there was a big part of me that still felt like I'd, it, I didn't need to because naturally my body, like I didn't, I didn't need to lose weight basically. But again, as time has gone on, I really started exercising for more mental health reasons. I did it because I knew that it was going to be good for my body. And, you know, I was going through some health stuff. So I really wanted to focus on my health and my overall sort of fitness. And there was a period where I was going through And there was a period where I would go for a walk every single day, every single morning. And then I think it was, I don't remember what happened, but I feel like there was like a storm every single morning or something for like a week. And so I couldn't go for my morning walk. And I felt in my body how different I felt when I couldn't go and do that morning walk. And that was kind of a big wake up call for me because I was like, wow, okay, so I'm not just exercising to lose weight. I'm actually understanding when people say they exercise for their overall sort of well-being and for their men- their mental health because I was feeling like I don't know not that I had bad mental health but it just was like there was something about my day missing without this walk and then this year I really wanted to get fit like I wanted to get strong I wanted to build my strength but in a way that I really enjoyed and for me yoga is that so I was having this conversation with a friend the other day actually But the first, I would say like month or two, it was really hard for me to do all the poses, you know, learn all of the different sequences that this, that teachers were doing and to actually hold the strength in my body because I wasn't lifting weights. I couldn't even do a push up. I had zero strength. So for me to do an entire yoga class was very challenging, but it got to a point where yes, it's still challenging, 
but I know that I can do it. And it kind of leads into the whole, like, I can do hard things thing that I spoke about at the start of even though I know it's challenging and in the moment I'm like, oh my God, my legs are shaking. I know that I can get through it. I know that I can do hard things and I love seeing my strength grow, my flexibility grow, and I can really see myself improving in this practice. And I also love it because it's like you get a meditation at the end. It's very spiritual based. The place that I go is incredible. So yeah, I'm really happy to say that my relationship with exercise and movement has definitely shifted. And that was one of the big lessons that I learned in my 27th year as well. Okay, so that brings me to the end of the episode. I hope you enjoyed this personal sort of one. It was really fun for me to look back and reflect on how much I actually have grown this year. And I really encourage you to do the same as well. It's like so easy. It can be so easy to not look back and just, you know, think, oh yeah, I've grown a bit, but not really be conscious in the lessons that you learned or what you actually did that year. And it's really empowering as well to be like, wow, I've actually experienced so much. And the lessons that I learned were really, really important for my life. And again, I say this all the time, but we are souls here to learn and grow and evolve in this lifetime. So if one of our biggest goals is to learn lessons, looking back to see what actual lessons that you learned in this lifetime can be really motivating and inspiring and really cool to look back on. So, so I highly encourage you to do the same. And if you feel like you are on your own personal self-development journey and on the path of learning your own lessons and would like some support in that, I currently have a couple of spaces open for one-to-one mentorship. So this is where we work together, just you and I on a whole variety of different levels. So I love to go into a lot of self-discovery work to really find out who you are in this lifetime and why you're here. I do that through a lot of astrology-based work, human design work, and a lot of other self-development and self-awareness methods. We really dive deep on any limiting beliefs that are holding you back, any subconscious programming that you may not be aware of that's holding you back from what you want to manifest into your life. We can work on anything that you do want to manifest into your life. We incorporate energy healing sessions, there's psychic readings and guidance, oracle card pulls every week, basically anything that I ever speak about, but tailored towards whatever you're going through. So if you are feeling the pull, I would be delighted to meet with you and work with you. I'll leave all the information down below about how to apply. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to message me on Instagram and we can chat about what would be a good option for you. I've got all different container lengths from one month to six months, depending on your intention and financial needs as well. So thank you so much for listening to my special birthday episode. I'm so grateful to have you here. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day or night whenever you're listening to this and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.